Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Some say that the art John the Baptist, some Elias, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? As son of Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Where is it? In heaven. In heaven. Yes. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build up my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Amen. And whatsoever shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged his disciples that they should tell no man what he was to use the Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you will minister this to us. And thank you, Jesus, that we are so open to receive Holy Spirit this morning, whatsoever you, you lay upon our hearts this morning. And that we will not just hear, be hearers of the word, but also be doers of the word. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Isn't that an awesome, awesome scripture? Um, Jesus was really talking to his disciples or ministering to his disciples. In Matthew 16, verse 13 to 7, Jesus, Jesus questioned the disciples concerning his identity. And I think we all have a question about our identity in this time of life, in this time where we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We all have a, a question of our identity. But Jesus was now asking his disciples. He asked who others thought he was. And I think we all are sitting with a question this morning. Who is Jesus? Who is the Son of God? And I think when Jesus was asking this to his disciples, he was really wanting his disciples to know, his disciples to find out if they know who he is. Because he wasn't just, and they were just ask, answering Jesus. When they asked him who, they, they, then they asked him who they, he, they thought he was. And Peter was the only one that responded. Remember the other ones that he, uh, they responded and they said who he was? He was, what did they say who he is? John Some said Baptist. he was John the Baptist. Some says he was Elijah and, and one of the prophets. And others say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. 
Amen. But then he asked Peter, who do you say I am? And then Peter was answering, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. When I read that, it really stirred up my spirit on the inside of me. Because Jesus Christ is the son. And if you know, if you've read it, if you've read it this morning, it should really do something to your spirit also. Because Jesus is the Christ. He's the only God that we are serving today. He's the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what Simon said. And Jesus commended Peter, Peter, Peter stating that his confession of faith was based upon what the Father himself has revealed in Matthew 16, verse 17. Amen? Amen. Peter was the only one that said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? And Jesus then used the opportunity to speak to the church. And I was actually wanting to ask us this morning, who do we think the church is? Do we think the church is a building? Is this a building? Is this the church? Because I know that some of us are newly converts. And sometimes we think that the church con consists of a building, something that is built. And most of us know that the church is not a building. And I want to introduce you to this morning who the church is. Jesus then used this opportunity to speak to his church in Matthew 16, verse 18 to 19. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I wonder what went through Peter's mind when Jesus said that to him. Jesus said to Peter... You are blessed, Simon of John. Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. It could only be God that can reveal something like that to, to um, Simon. Now I say to you, this is what Jesus said to, to, to Peter. Now I say to you, Peter, you are Peter which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. If Jesus said this to Peter, Simon, Simon Peter, if he said this to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Then it means something, it's God is busy telling us something this morning. He's busy speaking to the church this morning. He's speaking to you and me and all of us that are here this morning. If he has spoken this words to Simon, he's already speaking it to you and me this morning. Amen. 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 Now I say to you, verse 18, now I say to you, Pete, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on this earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on the earth will be permitted in heaven. So if he speaks about the church and he said to Simon, upon this church, upon this rock, I will build my church. Then it means Simon was 
something else. Because how can God say to Simon, upon this rock, I will build my church? I think he will never say something which will make you and me confused. This is the time when God is really revealing himself to the church. And this is awesome. Then Jesus used this opportunity to speak to the church. He promised to build his church. Whose church is it? Jesus' church. And if he says he will build his church, he will build his church. Sometimes we get confused because we think we are building the church. And maybe you were thinking, I'm the one, or, 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 or Philip, or J.B., or Rita, we are building. We are not building the church. Jesus says, I, upon this rock, I will build my church. He is the one that will build his church. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> he promised to build his church. He mentioned the foundation upon which it will be built. He described the ultimate victory of the church. And he spoke of great authority that would be given. And the passage naturally raises several questions. What is this church Jesus promised to build? What is the church? Let's ask the question, what is the church Jesus is trying to build? What is the foundation upon which it would be built? How would the gates of hate, the gates of hell, not prevail against the church? And what authority was given by Jesus? And to whom? Anyone who believes in Jesus would have a vital interest in the answers of these questions. So let's begin by, first of all, the church, the church Jesus built. The Greek word of church is Philip? Ecclesia. Ecclesia. The Greek word for church is Ecclesia. And it doesn't mean a building like I said. It means an assembly of people, all of us. Assembly of people, a, a congregation, all of us, a gathering of people. This is what church is this morning. The elected. The elected ones. All of us that are here this morning, we are the church of God. Amen? Amen. And now it's going to bring, it's going to really, really bring some good revelation to all of us this morning because Jesus says, if Jesus says to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, then it means this morning Jesus is talking about the church. He's talking about us this morning. Yes. He's talking about you and he's talking about me this morning. It is, called the, it is used in the Bible most often in two senses. The church is universal, the whole assembly of people who are saved, both living and even those that, are, that have died. The church local, the local church, which is us here right now this morning, a company of saved people in a geographical area who works and worship together as a local congregation. What did we do this morning? We worship God. And who was worshiping God? The church. Who is the church? We. We are the church. 
We are worshipping God. We are the congregation. It's not talking about a building. And I'm so glad that Shane had this idea of using any place where people just can get together. Those congregations, the congregation which is you and me. We gather, the church is gathering this morning. The church, the local church is worshipping God this morning. Amen? Amen. We worship Him when we were singing songs, when we were singing uh, all these songs of salvation we sang this morning. We were worshipping God and that was the church. And I want to tell you this morning, God is so awesome. God is awesome this morning. Amen? And He's really taking us somewhere this morning. And he wants to describe to us who the church is. And like I said, we are the church. When we identify or categorize, categorize the church, it is called the body of Christ. All of us. We are the body of Christ. It is called the household of God. It is called the temple of God. What is our bodies? Our bodies are the temple of God. And God lives in our bodies. Amen. Therefore, we cannot just do with our bodies what we want to do. Because God, Christ, lives in us. Amen. We are His temple. Amen. It is called the kingdom of Christ. <coughs> it is called the bride of Christ. Are we the bride of Christ? Yes. Of course, we are the bride of Christ this morning. Each of these expressions emphasize some blessing or responsibility we have to those who have been called out of the world into the spiritual assembly of God's people. Can you think, your, can you think of yourself being in the world, being far from God? You were not called the bride of Christ. You were not the temple of God. And right now, this morning, if Jesus has called you from darkness into His glorious light, it means... It's so beautiful that God has separated you from the darkness. And we spoke about that on Thursday night. God has separated us from the darkness, from those that doesn't know Christ. Amen? Amen. It's so beautiful. I want to read to you Ephesians um, 1 verse 22 to 23. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and he has made him head over things for the benefit of the church. Can I read it again? God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Now, if you read that, if you listen to what the scripture says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. If we are the body then it means God is the head of the church. Amen? Amen. He, he is the head of the church. And verse 23 says, And the church is His body. We are the body of Christ. It, it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Amen? Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes. And the church is His body. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Isn't it part, wonderful to be such, part of such a beautiful body of Christ? Yes, it's, beautiful. it's beautiful. It made it, it, it is made full and complete by Christ. Yes. So this body is made full 
and it is made complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And I want to read to you 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. So that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. And we said that, I've read that we are the household of God. Amen? And now Timothy talks about the household of God. First we are the body, we are his body, and now he says we are the household of God. So that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of truth. We are the household of God. Amen? God is amazing. He is awesome. There is no one like God. And He really wants us to know that we are His body. We are of His household. Amen. The church established. It is evident that the church was not established at the time Jesus spoke. He said, I will build my church. And that, that is in Matthew 16 verse 18. Jesus himself said, I will build my church. Sometimes we're a bit worried about why and how some people are not growing and some people are not. It is not our duty to, to worry. I think you, it is everyone's duty to build and to read and to know and to meditate on God's word. It's everyone's duty. All of us hear the word of God. Our duty is to go back home and study God's word. Meditate on God's word. Spend time with him. Have intimacy with him. Close the door like Shane said yesterday. Close the door and spend some quiet time with God. It is so important. Then you don't have to worry about all the things that is happening in this world. As long as you know who you are. And last night, not even last night, during the week, I just got a word for Munita, um, and she's not here this morning. And God was showing me Unita, Unita Johnson, she's part of my school. And I, I just had this word for her that God knows what she's going through. He knows her, that she's spending time with Him. She's reading God's words, she's meditating. She's not talking a lot when you see her in church. But God knows her. And the way God knows her, God knows each and every one of us. He knows if we are spending time with Him. He knows you are spending time with Him. If you meditate on God's Word, if you don't meditate on God's Word, and if you don't spend time with God's Word, you, don't, you do not want to have a relationship with God. <clears throat> but if you spend time with God and have intimacy with Him in your room, open your Word, open the Word of God and ask the Holy Spirit, to open the scriptures, to, to, to show you what God wants to speak to you through his scriptures. We need to spend time with God. God says, he will build his church. And we shouldn't sit back and not spend time with God. We should really make time and spend time with God. If he says, God says, he will build his church. He told his disciples not to tell anyone that he is the Christ. I wonder why did God say he shouldn't tell anyone, he shouldn't tell anybody that he is the Christ. The church is mentioned after Jesus' resurrection. And this morning we were singing a lot about it. I was thinking about even the songs of worship that we are singing. 
And this morning it was so beautiful how God showed us that His Son Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that we are testimonies of that. Amen. Are we testimonies of that, beloved? Yes. We are testimonies of that. We haven't seen it with our eyes, but our spirit. We know that we, are, we have seen Jesus. We, have, we know that Jesus has resurrected. Jesus is resurrected, resurrected from the dead. Amen. Amen. The Lord was adding people to the church. Isn't God doing it today? He's adding people to the church. Our beloved brothers and sisters have been added recently to the church. God is doing it. He's adding people to the local church. And that means these people are also part of the body of Christ. We are not better than no one here. All of us is part of the body of Christ. If we said yes to Jesus and has repented from our sin, we are part of the body of Christ. Amen. We've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We confessed Him as our Lord and Savior. And Jesus is just adding to the, to, to the church today. It is fair to conclude that the church began on the day of Pentecost. And what happened on the day of Pentecost? What happened on the day of Pentecost? Who can... Amen. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's read it in Acts 2. Can somebody read for us Acts 2? From verse um, 2, Acts 2, verse 41 and 247, 41 to 47. Yeah. Many of the people who listened to Peter believed his message. So the apostles baptized those people. About 3,000 people who now believe in Jesus mm. joined the group that same day. These Amen. new believers listened carefully to what the apostles taught them. They joined with everyone else in the group and shared things together. They prayed together and they ate meals together. The apostles did many miracles which showed that the power of God was with them. As a result, all the people were very surprised and afraid. Mm. All the believers continued to meet together often. They shared all their things with each other. Mm. They sold some of their own things. Then they gave that money to any other believers who needed it. The whole group of believers met together every day in the yard of God's great house. They shared their food and they ate meals together in each other's homes. They were very happy and they were honest with one another. Amen. Amen. And, and, and when, we, when Peter preached the first gospel sermon, that was in Acts 2 verse 22 verse 240, when thousands were saved and the Lord added them to his church. Amen. The church is visible. The church is universal and it's a spirit, spiritual body of people. All of us is a spiritual body of people that are here this morning. Do you believe that of yourself? Yes. No, now only by the Lord himself. There is no earthly organization headquarters 
for the church universal. Any attempt of organize, to organize and activate the church universal results only in denominationalism. The local church is the only visible sign of the church. The local church is the only visible sign of the church. Local churches are made of Christians in a geographical area who work and worship together as a unit. With their frequent assembling, it is easy to identify the local church. And I think we all know this morning that we are the local church. Amen? The church Jesus is built, then, is that great gathering of people who respond to the gospel. And this is what happened to us. When we received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we responded to the gospel in faith and in obedience. And I think this is the main reason why we are here this morning. We responded to the gospel. We received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in faith and in obedience. Where the faithful disciples of Christ assembled to work and worship as a local congregation, a church of Christ is found. As we return to our text, we next consider the foundation of the church. Many passages proclaim Jesus as the cornerstone, as foretold by Isaiah. Let's read Isaiah. Isaiah 28 verse 16. Jesaja 28 verse 16. And what does it mean that it was foretold? It was a prophecy. Amen? By Isaiah. 28 verse 16. Isaiah 28 verse 16. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and attested stone. It is precious cornerstone that it is safe to build on. Whoever believes needs to never be shaken. Can I read that again? Yes. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. A firm and tested stone. It is precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes needs never to be shaken. Somebody's got an, another translation to read? King James. Okay. Therefore, thus said the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, mm. a precious cornerstone, Beautiful. a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. Amen. That is foretold by Isaiah. It is proclaimed by Peter in Acts 4 verse 11 to Peter. Acts 4 verse 11 to 12. Shall we read there? Acts 4 verse 11 to 12. It is proclaimed. It is foretold by Isaiah. It is proclaimed by Peter. Acts 4 verse 11 to 12. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scripture where it says, The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Amen. Isn't that awesome? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. 
God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is salvation in no one else. Nobody could buy or could bring salvation to you or to me. Only God. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. No other name. In which name are we saved today, beloved? Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So there's no other name. We were talking about what's happening in Rimfasmaq and all the, 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 the church, the Muslim church is now busy. Then Rimfasmaq teaching the children to believe in this um, Allah. And we must make sure that we teach our own children that there is no other name by which men will be saved. Only in the name of Jesus. And I think there's lots of work for us to do in the community if there is now somebody else coming and preaching another name in this community. We as beloved needs to stand up and we need to confess the name of Jesus and tell people about Jesus, the only name that is given under the heaven by which we must be saved or people must be saved. First Peter 2 verse 6 to 8 says, As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Anyone who trusts in him, in who? In Jesus, will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him, recognize the honor God has given him. God has given Jesus honor. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejection has now rejected has now become the cornerstone. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Jesus Christ has become the cornerstone. He has been rejected. Why? When? When he died on the cross. But he has become the precious cornerstone. Jesus Christ is the rock. Amen. But is Jesus the rock in, in Matthew 16 verse 18? Is it Jesus that is the rock? Upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus is the only rock. Amen. Some believe the rock is Peter, like Philip said. <laughs> Some believe the rock is Peter. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. This is the claim of the Roman Catholic Church. The idea was first raised only after various bishops began claiming universal authority over the church. Hundreds of years after the church began. Even if Peter is the rock in this passage, there is no biblical basis for the idea that the church was built on Peter alone. No. There was no biblical. No, none, none whatsoever. Something the rock may be Peter, but with scripture script, limitation. The church would, would be built upon Peter, but not solely upon him. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, the primary foundation. He alone, Jesus, is the cornerstone. Let's reason, read Ephesians 2 verse 20. Ephesians 2 verse 20. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Amen. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. Who is the cornerstone? Christ Jesus, Jesus Himself. himself. He is the cornerstone. Together, we are His house. Amen. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. Amen? Amen. 
So now we know who it is. Who's the rock? Jesus. He is Jesus Christ. He's the rock. Amen? It's amazing. But is Jesus the rock in Matthew 16, 18? Yes. yes. He is the rock. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. First Peter 2 verse 6 says, As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem. Chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Anybody who trusts in God, in Jesus, will never be disgraced. Amen. Amen. Jesus might be referring to the principle of divine revelation working through the apostles like Peter. Jesus had just praised Peter for his confession, which was the result of divine revelation. Jesus went on to say how Peter would possess the keys of the kingdom and the power of binding and losing all related to the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. If so, then Jesus is making the point that his church, while established through the work of men like Peter and the apostles, would be built on a solid foundation since they would be led by divine revelation. Amen? Amen. The church will be built on a solid foundation. And I think that is what happened when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we received salvation. A strong possibility is that the rock is the confession Peter just made. The truth of the confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Isn't that what Peter said? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just as Simon had been called a rock, so the church would be established on a solid rock. This church would be established on a solid rock. The rock Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Whether the rock in Matthew 16, 18, the church is built upon the strong foundation of Christ himself and his apostles. At that point, let's keep, skip ahead to what we learned about the authority of the church. The authority was promised to the apostles. And that we read in Matthew 16, verse 19. Matthew 16, verse 19. Can anybody read Matthew 16, 19? Matthew 16. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth Amen. shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. The figure of keys suggests the ability to allow interest entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. Peter exercised this ability through preaching the gospel as he did on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 17 to 41 like we read. To the apostles was promised the power to build and to lose. And I think we also have got the power as we are sitting here. We also have the power to bind and to lose. Yes, we do have it. We do have the power. 
to Peter in this passage to the rest of the disciples was promised similar power. If it was promised to the, to, to the disciples, it is promised to all of us that are here this morning. We have the power to bind and to lose. And there's no greater name that we exalt. And sometimes we would exalt or we would talk about a lot about the enemy. And we would actually exalt God. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Not to talk a lot about the enemy, but we've got the power to bind and to lose this enemy. Amen? Amen. To the apostles, apostles was promised the power to bind and to lose. To Peter in the same passage, to the rest of the disciples was promised similar power. Of course, presumed in all this would be the guidance of the Spirit, promised to lead the apostles into all truth. And if God says His Spirit would lead us into all truth, it means it would lead all of us. We will understand the Spirit of God and He will lead us into all truth. The early church recognized this authority. They continued steadfastly in the apostles and doctrines. Acts 2 verse 42, we did read. Christians were commended for their acceptance of the apostles' doctrine. They were exhorted to receive the apostles' teaching. The Lord's church today, then, is wherever there are souls who have been saved and to continue to be able to abide in the apostle and doctrines. doctrines. The Lord's church today, today is for us to go out, to go and save the lost, Amen. to bring them in, to teach them about the gospel. Amen? It's the similar thing that Paul did also. For those who remain faithful to the Lord and his apostle, they can look forward to the ultimate victory of the church. All of us can look forward to the ultimate victory of the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are looking forward to the ultimate victory of the church. Amen? Amen. The forces of hell, whatever forces Satan might bring to be, in either case, the gates of hate have not prevailed. Death did not prevail Jesus from building his church. Isn't it so? Amen. Death could not prevail Jesus from building his church. The forces of Satan have not succeeded in destroying his church. And I'm sure if we believe today, nothing can come against the church today. We are a force to be reckoned with this morning. Amen? Amen. If Jesus say the gates of hell will not prevail, even death could not hold Jesus in the tomb. He rose from the dead. And for that, like I said, we are witnesses of that. We can share in the ultimate victory of the church by putting on the armor of God. Let's read Ephesians 6 verse 10 to, to 13. We can share in the ultimate victory of the church by putting on the armor of God. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 13. Anybody that has it? Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Amen. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's king. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Amen. Be steadfast, resisting our adversary. 
the devil. We can be, we can, all of us can do that. We can be steadfast. We can resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen? Amen. Nothing, not even death itself can prevent us from being more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. The glory of the ultimate victory is beautiful portrayed in the visions of Revelation. Let's read Revelation 7, verse 9 to 17. Revelation 7, verse 9 to 17. Revelation 7, verse 9 to 17. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number, mm. of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, Amen. who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, Amen. be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do we desire to participate in this glorious victory of Jesus, church? All of us do desire that. Then we must first be saved. Amen. Not all of us, not we are saved, but all of us that are sitting here need to go and get people and bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And we must also abide steadfastly in Jesus' doctrine, which is also the apostles' doctrine. We must remain faithful until death. All of us that are sitting here. Let us remain faithful until death. Yes. Through God's grace and our faithful obedience, we can be privileged to be part of that church. We can be part of that glorious church, which Jesus built and promised. We shall withstand whatever the gates of hate might throw against us. Nothing will separate us from the love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Don't you want to be part of the church of Christ? May the words of Jesus in Matthew 16 verse 18 to 19 encourage us to be satisfied with nothing less than to be strong and be steadfast and not to turn our backs on this beautiful and awesome Savior. Let's just close our eyes. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.